So I'm going to share my story, how I came to follow Jesus. But I want to start from the back end first, start from the end. I just recently had a, a, an opportunity to, to step into a journey that... Thanks, John. That was awesome. If you kept playing, you'd probably all get hammered. I was just, just recently, um, I went on a journey. I won't go into detail about it, but I had an invitation to pursue an opportunity. And I felt, I, I sought counsel and I just felt to go on the journey, which I did. And um, a friend of mine said, pursue it, even if it doesn't end up being anything because God's in the journey and so I did and it, it was looking pretty exciting there for about a month or two and then it came to an abrupt halt and I was left in a void I suppose you, when you pursue something that you think God's possibly on this and then all of a sudden it's, it's no longer um, you can be left in an empty place or you can take the opportunity to step into something greater and realise that the whole thing is about journeying with God and uh, in that I've, I've always had a, a battle with God in, in understanding calling I don't know if many of you have or haven't but um, when we you know, when I've heard teaching on calling all sorts of styles of teaching on, on the call of God and um, God's showed me what it looks like to be called and what it actually means, which was completely different to what I thought. When you call someone, what do you expect from them? I'm talking physically, call not on the phone. You're going to respond. Anyone else? Simon, yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. If I call someone, I'm expecting them to come. And God showed me that. He said, when I call you, I expect you to come to me. And I thought, oh, that's pretty simple but pretty deep. When we are called by God, we're called first of all to him not to an assignment. So our first call is always to the Father. Yeah. And if we realise that, we can really get set free from a lot of chains, a lot of mindsets, a lot of expectations that hold us back from being everything God's dreamt for us. Because when we release our lives and pursue the Father with all that we are, rather than trying to pursue a calling that we believe is of God, we actually get free to actually do it better. Because when we are united with him from his calling us to himself, we can then confidently walk with him to the assignment together. Remember John 15.5 says, I'm the branch. Is it the vine? You are the branches. Um, and the branches will bear much fruit when they abide with me, but without me, you can do nothing. 
And it's the same with our calling. Without God, when we're pursuing a calling and we forget that our calling is to God, we wind up doing nothing or nothing of substance and get very frustrated. And I'm just so thankful that God took me on a journey and maybe that was the journey for me was to just wake up to the fact that my calling was to him. And that as I come into a closer union with him, I start to see myself as he sees me. I start to see that there is no limitations on my life, that I can be, I can study, I can do anything that my heart dreams and desires because if we delight in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our hearts. And I want to encourage us as a family that as we do go on, as we are moving into new things, into a new season, this is what the new wineskin looks like. It looks like acknowledging that our calling from God is to himself. And then we are called out with him, not from him. In the book of Exodus, it shows there's a story there where Moses Moses is about to get get his opportunity. He's been dreaming and praying and believing and and God says, I'm going to send you over there, you're going to have success. But I'm not coming with you. And he said, well, I'm not going. I'm not going without your presence. And we need to be like that, that we are prepared to give up our dreams and our desires to not miss out on the presence of God because when God comes, it's so much better. It's so much easier. It really is. Nothing's impossible. We can start to believe for anything. That's where faith is incubated and birthed from. If you want to move mountains, go hang out with the mountain mover. I believe God's going to shift this community into such an incredible gift of faith and a spirit of faith that will see this city and its impossibilities completely turn. The economy completely turn. The politicians and all their policies completely turn. It's so good to see what happened with the elections. How John, not John Howard, (laughs) ScoMo was miraculously installed as a majority government. I really believe what happened there was that believers were called to pray and they actually did what the Bible requires us to do, which is to pray for our leaders so that we can live in peace and have favour. That is an example of what it looks like when believers come together and pray in unity. Ed Savoso has led a great revival in Argentina. And in one of his books, That None Should Perish, he said it's when the churches came together in unity that the city started to see an outpouring and a revival where there were storehouses full of um, of actual decision cards to be followed up. We're talking hundreds of thousands of people getting saved because the body of Christ united with one purpose. 
God, you're so good. So my story, so basically I was 18, I was 18 when I met Jesus. I was at a point in my life where, how, how do we say it? It's from our training. It says, there was a time in my life when, <laughs> what was I doing? When I was doing what? <laughs> um, find it. Yeah, so there was a time in my life when I was actually unhappy and I wasn't, I just wasn't happy with who I was to the point of I actually changed my name. I was embarrassed because at that stage to be ethnic wasn't really cool and I was Italian and I had the Italian food and the Italian name Julio and I actually changed my name to Steve. <laughs> it's pretty... Because it was an Aussie name. <laughs> and the, the lengths that I had to take to, to change everything so that people couldn't get through my personal stuff and see Julio, it was just lit. I, I laugh at it now. The things we do for identity, the things we do to be accepted is crazy. Absolutely crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Man, I've got a cool name. It's... It's not a common name, so when people meet me, they remember me, which means I've got an opportunity to be salt and light and bring a, a point of connection that will not ever fade. We're all unique. We've all got a, a uniqueness about us that we can leave a mark, leave an impression with people that will forever change them and make them think about Jesus. So I prayed a prayer. I had, I was, yeah, I had pretty... I wasn't into drugs, but I was still partying. I was still doing you know, crazy things and dating lots of girls and surfing and in that whole surfing scene. And then one day I just thought, I'd had enough. You know, there's got to be more to life than what I was pursuing. And I prayed that crazy prayer, God, if you're real, show me. Now, I was brought up as a Catholic. I even sang in an Anglican church choir and went to a youth group to impress my girlfriend's mum. And I believe part of the reason why I'm here is because she actually prayed for me. It's crazy what happens. It's like, don't ever expect that the weight continues to fall on you alone or me alone to see people get saved. We are a part of the journey. Paul said, I saved Apollos watered, but God brought the increase. So it's a chain of events. What we need to do is we need to get wisdom from the Father as to what part we're playing at the time and be happy with that so that we don't mess it up. Because sometimes we're busy reaping when we should be sowing or watering. Or we're sowing and watering when we're meant to be reaping. So be in tune with what Holy Spirit wants us to do in that season because that really you know, it brings us into unity with God as to his plan. So I pray that prayer. And then... Um, what happened was a neighbour of mine who I used to surf a lot with, we used to listen to Bob Marley and driving his V-dub down to the beach from 45 minutes away in the, in the western suburbs to, um, uh, to the beach every weekend. And um, one time when I prayed, about a week later, I was, we were all going out to get drunk with our mates down in town in the city, a place called, near, we're just out near um, the Hoyts Entertainment um, cinemas and um, I bumped into a bunch of guys that all had the, their surfy gear on 
And they came up to me and said, hey, do you know Jesus? And I said, yeah, I'm a Catholic. I've been to Catholic church and all that sort of stuff. The other funny thing was with that Catholic stuff was I remember when I was getting into my later teens, I used to be quite... There was some stuff taught to us in that, in that religion that put a bit of fear into people if they took it to heart. And one of the things was that you couldn't take communion if you had any sin in your life, otherwise you'd be damned or something really bad would happen. And the confession would always be on a... I think it was on a Friday or a Saturday afternoon... And then communion was first thing on Sunday morning. So I'd go and do this for my parents. I'd go and have confession. And then I'd lock myself in the room for the night so I couldn't get up to mischief. <laughs> just the stuff that we do, hey, just to try. Like I had a heart all along that wanted God, wanted to please God, but I just didn't know what to do. Which is so cool what we're going to do next is over the next 12 weeks we're going to learn what it is to make disciples and make disciple makers. So... That was another part of my life, is that I used to hide in the, in the bedroom and then go and have communion. Then I'd go and sin, <laughs> so, because it was all cool. I just had to get the, the, whole, you know, the whole situation going in the right direction. It's like, get forgiveness, take your communion, go out and sin, then do it all over again next week. So the funny things that happened. So anyway, I prayed that prayer. I met these guys. They, they shared about the fact that God wanted a relationship. Now, I'd heard about religion, I'd heard about the Ten Commandments, I'd heard about sin, and I'd heard about all the other stuff. But that was the first time that I'd met people that looked cool. They were in their you know, surfy stuff. One, one of the guys had his Aloha jumper on. I'm going, you can't be a Christian, you look too normal. <laughs> but he shared from his heart to me, he said, you know, God wants to be in friendship with you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. And shared a few other things and I thought, yeah, that's true. That's actually, I think, what I'm looking for. I didn't get saved that night. I went back to this party, but I couldn't get up to trouble or anything because I just had his message running through me. So I was just literally hanging in the background and just, I'd been wrecked. So that week I kept bumping into these guys at different places where at the service station and other places. Once God's on your case, he, he pursues you. Then later in the week, my mate who I'd go surfing with in his combi and listen to Bob Marley, he um, just out of the blue just said, you know what, when, when you die, you get, you're six foot under, it's all over, it's finished. And I knew that wasn't right, even though I wasn't following Jesus at the time. And I said, no, you're not. And, and these guys had told me about this meeting, this Christian surfers group that, that, that met um, about 45 minutes from where we lived. So I said, I'm going to take you to this place. I didn't even know where it was. And I still to this day don't know how on earth we got there. But he came in my car. We went there. These guys, there's 40 people there, people from about 12 right through to 40. And they're all like here, like this community, they're just passionate, loving Jesus, talking about how God was real, how they were praying prayers and God was answering prayers, helping them in their studies, helping them at work. And the guy that was preaching was saying, I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. I want to make a difference with my life or I don't want to be part of it at all. And then they shared about the baptism and the Holy Spirit as well. So when they gave the altar call, like, that's me, I'm in. I looked over to my mate and he was in too. Um, we both got saved that night, got baptised in the Holy Spirit. Now, I was a bit of a rat bag at the time and I was doing college, I was studying uh, food technology. 
So the next morning, I get to college, I'm so pumped, God's just so radiating out of me, that I jumped up on the teacher's desk before the teacher arrived, and all the students were already there, and said, guess what, guys, I've just received Jesus, and I preached the gospel for the first time the next day. That's what the book of Acts talks about in, in um, Acts 4, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness. They spoke with boldness. And I'm going to give an opportunity to, tonight, this afternoon, as we come to a close later on, for anyone that has not been baptised in the Holy Spirit to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. I tell you, my life was completely changed when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Makes all the difference. Is there anyone here that hasn't been baptised in the Holy Spirit yet? Well, actually, I should do it the other way, cheat. Put your hands up if you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit. Cool. Okay, there's an opportunity if you want. It's something that won't be forced on you. It's, it's an invitation. Everything about God is an invitation. But if you have found that in your faith with God you have struggled with sin, you have struggled to be passionate for him, you have struggled when you read the Bible, it's dry like dust, and you just have no power that people talk about, no real passion there burning, this is that. This is where you go further, where it's like you get supercharged. The Holy Spirit comes into you when you're born again, but he comes upon you with power when you get baptised in the Holy Spirit and everything, I'm telling you, everything changes if you let it. My life has completely changed. I'm still as on fire today as I was back on the 11th of August, 1983. I have not missed a beat. I've always loved Jesus. I've always been excited. I've always loved the gospel because something happened. Now, I was, I'd prayed the prayer of salvation when I was six, I think six, 12, 16, and then 18. Something else happened that was incredible that changed my life. I had people that got around my life. There was a Christian surface leader and the youth leader of C3 in Sydney. They took hold of my life and they invited me into their home every weekend. Now, I, didn't have, I was a student at the time. I didn't have any money. So they said, we'll pay for your petrol money. You come live with us on the weekends. And we just did life together for about a year. And I'd hang out and they'd have a headache. And I'd say, Julia, come here. It was actually still in the transition to coming back from Steve to Julia at that stage. So they were confused. <laughs> and um, I had one of the guys, the youth leader, said, come, come and put your hands on me. And he just showed a scripture in the Bible. They'll land, they'll, those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So he grabbed my hands, put them on his head and said, and Jesus, just pray in Jesus' name, I believe. Headache, go. And that was the starting of me understanding that if you believe God's word, things happen. Now, when I was six, when I was 12, when I was 15, I'd prayed that prayer. And some of them were in Pentecostal churches, at youth camps and different things. But nothing happened because nobody took the time to disciple me. No one took me into their world. I want to encourage everyone to, to really participate in what's going to go on over the next 12 weeks. Get yourself into a church group because this will change other people's lives. We're not here to get a scoreboard going of how many people have made a decision. 
I made a decision three or four times before I made a real one. Like, yeah, the seed got inside and I believe that that was all a part of my journey, but my real journey didn't really start till someone took me into their home and did something with my life. So I want to encourage you to see the connection. This is, that's why I'm here today. That's why you know, I've, got a, I've got an awesome family. We're blessed with the business. We're blessed with being part of the leadership team here. And just, it's just so awesome. Like I've seen loads and loads of people in the hundreds over my lifetime saved. And it's because I had these guys to ground me. Like within three months, of, like I was preaching on the streets like the same weekend, three days later. They said, come with us, you're preaching the gospel. And I was speaking to people that were intoxicated with drugs and alcohol and they were coming out of it just literally manifesting because like, what did you do to me? Like one minute they've paid for this drug and they're just off their faces and just speaking truth over them set them free. Another awesome thing was, and I'm going to pray for people that have members in their family they believe in God for to be saved. Because when I first got saved, I was shown the fact that if we believe the word and we live it as it's written, it happens. Rather than trying to analyse it. And there's another scripture in, in um, or is it Acts 16, I think 32, and it says... Believe in the Lord Jesus and you and your household shall be saved. I literally, I took that literally. I remember I was, I'd be praying in my room for my parents. They thought I'd joined a cult and they were just threatening to throw me out because they thought, you know, what was going on was really weird. They thought I was gay. Then all of a sudden I dropped all the girlfriends and God just said, just don't, don't live that way. And I didn't. I actually met up with all my friends and at that time I just had to break away from them and I met them and said I've become a born again Christian sorry guys the way you're living I can't, I can't be around it otherwise I'm never going to change and they respected me for that so I made a complete change and sometimes we need to make a change as well it's like we need to make a break from our old lives and old influences so that we can walk forward into new things and let God take hold of us. We can go back later on with, with the power and the presence and the reality of God in our lives and they see the change and that changes them. So, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, yeah, so there was another scripture in the book of Acts. I just lived out of the book of Acts. I still do today. And it talked about Paul praying over aprons and over handkerchiefs then sending them out and people were getting healed and I thought well I could pray over my handkerchief and stick it under my parents bedroom to see them saved so I actually prayed over that and just believed God stuck it under the, under the mattress they became quite cagey they didn't know why and then they decided to come and check this church out I said if you think it's such, you know, it's such a cult come with me and check it out and see for yourself if I've joined a cult or not. They come in, Phil Pringles, you know, just starting the meeting, hasn't even preached yet, and he just says, I, f I feel the Holy, Holy Spirit is saying that there are people right here, right now, that need to make a decision for Jesus. They need to give their lives to Jesus. Put your hands up if that's you. My parents... <sighs> My parents, three months in from being saved 
said yes to Jesus. Now, their life was not a bed of roses afterwards. But I know they're in heaven. When each of them passed away, God showed me a picture. Like when my mum passed away, before she did, Lou and I went back to Italy and said goodbye to her and reconnected her with the Lord. And on her death, my dad, who was far from Jesus but had, had a seed of salvation in his heart, said that it was like a glow and a radiance in the hospital. And he was not that way inclined. And he said something happened there that was so real she was in peace. And, and the Lord showed me a picture of her just in the waiting room and then heading off to heaven. And the same with my dad when he passed. I thought, man, for sure, he's not, not going to be in that right place. But God showed me a picture of him entering in heaven with his jaw almost to the ground going, I shouldn't be here. But he is. Now, the doctrine behind that, I don't want to go there because all I know is that the goodness of God leads us to change. And God is a good God. And they did pray that prayer and they did follow Jesus. Not always, but yeah, I'm not going to go there. All I know is in my heart, I know both of them are loving Jesus. So, With all this stuff that's going on with um, disciple multipliers and, dis and disciple makers, in the church group it's disciple makers and there's another one that's going, another course that Joel is leading via Voxer called Disciple Multipliers. I want to I say to people here, if that's where God is calling you to, go with all your heart. But if it's not, do not be condemned. I am burning for souls. I have lots of dreams where I'm crying my eyes out for souls for this city. When Before we came up here, I was weeping. I saw myself on Tiger Brennan Drive just weeping for souls as people were coming to Darwin. And then we came in 2005. Just in probably the last month, I had a dream and I was just weeping and I was just wiping my, my eyes from the tears. And Jesus, it was in the dream, Jesus said, wipe these people clean with your, with your tears. Sean Bowles and Leif Hetland both say, those that you love, you have authority over. And those that you weep over, you have authority over. We're not here to chalk up numbers. We are here to embrace the heart of the Father. You see, if we have a message, we may not have the, the heart of the Father, but we have, if we have the heart of the Father... We have a message from the Father. They're just little subtle things that can make a complete difference. And we need to realise that. Like in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, in the message version, it says this. So no matter what you say, what you believe, or what you do, or sorry, no matter what I say, what I believe, or what I do, I am bankrupt without love. So love, love, love is the key thing. If we don't carry the love of the Father, there's no point doing anything. Yeah. Get before the Father, ask him to baptise you in love and just hang there until you are completely saturated with the love of God. Only the love of God can save. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He loved so much that he gave himself. He sent heaven bankrupt so that we would be restored. But it's all birthed from love. I just want to impart that to all of us is that whatever we do, that we do it in love. So when you, if you're doing the three circles, remember these things are incredible tools. We've got six of them. It's just so cool to be able to share the gospel succinctly now within 60 seconds. It's awesome. But if we're doing that for the purpose of doing that, then we've missed it. And I want to encourage you because I've even felt like I really want to do Joel's course, but at the moment it's not the right time I'm going away with Lou just for a quick holiday and, and also business is pretty busy and Lou's still recovering. So it's just not the right time for me to commit. And I felt condemned for a little bit. And then I went to the father and I thought, God, what is this? And he says, you stop for the one all the time. Don't worry. You listen to my heart. You love people. Just keep doing what you're doing. Same with our church group. We, you know, I don't want to drive us all into that. I want to lead us into the love of the Father so that we're just an overflow. If we're so full of God, we, we, we just overflow him. And that's what people are looking for. People don't want religion. People don't want to be preached at. People want to encounter, encounter the love of the Father. And that's what changes everything. That's what changed me. When I met these guys, they were genuine. They had something different to what I'd heard before. And that's why I shifted my life. I'm just going to read a scripture out of um, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, which says, And he has qualified us as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You're qualified. I'm qualified to preach the gospel, to do whatever it takes to shift a person from not knowing God to knowing God. But he says, don't get caught up delivering the letter of the law. Bring the spirit because the letter kills, the spirit brings life. Learn to hear the voice of God. When you've got, you know, to ask God, say, who is it here in, in wherever it is, at work or in your, in your play area that God is highlighting to you and then say, okay, Lord, what would you say to them? What are you dreaming for them? It's one of my favourite things. I, I find it's an adventure, that, that, an invitation to an adventure and make that fun. Like everything about the gospel, everything about God needs to be fun or we've missed the point. God created fun. God created sex. God created lots of things for us to enjoy. Obviously, sex and marriage is the only way. But the thing is, God has created lots of amazing things for us to enjoy. Let's not make them sour or put them away and put something boring like dry oats on the table and serve those things up. People want life. So go, you know, go to God and say, God, what is it that you're saying about this person? And I often do. I just say to them, hey, I'm just starting to hear, hear from God. And you've heard me say this heaps of times. And God's just shown me this 
thing about you, uh, show me a, 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 you know, a picture about you that's so incredible, do you want me to share it? And I share it and then it's just like, how did you know that? It's like, because God loves you. I know, I know my father and he, he knows you and he loves you and he wants you to know that he wants to connect. So God at work, just always invite him in. Always create space for him. Like I love engaging God, like with my business deals and stuff. I just have him in everything. And then always just opening my eyes to opportunities to see what he's up to. So right now I just want to pray for people who are believing for family members. If that's you, I want you to stand up. That's probably all of us, isn't it? <laughs> we're all believing for family members. So we're going to pray for that first. And we're going to pray for people that want to see themselves through the eyes of Jesus. If we don't see ourselves as God sees us, we'll never go far. It's really, really important that you get this because when you get that, the limitations or the doubts that you have about yourself start to melt away. Everyone here is created for greatness. We could have the next Prime Minister in this room. We could have the next Chief Minister in this room. We could have the next Bill Gates in this room. We could have the next Reinhard Bonnke in this room. The next Brian Houston. The only thing between us and that dream and that calling with the Father is how we perceive ourselves, how we believe who we are. If we start to come to the Father and see him and ask him, give me your eyes, give me your lens so that I can see myself as you see me right now. So we're going to pray first for the families and then we're going to pray for the other one and then for anyone that wants to be baptised in the Holy Spirit or baptised in love, I want you to come right forward here and the leadership myself will pray for you so father in jesus name right now believe right now partner with me right now guys we're two or more gathered and agree in the name of jesus and in the request the father goes to work to fulfill that prayer and i'm just going to stand on the scripture that got my my parents saved it worked for me testimonies mean do it again lord so i'm going to release in this room right now a miracle Opportunity where your loved ones, your family members, your spouses will come to know Jesus because of the scripture that has already been manifest time and time and time again. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you say that we and our household shall be saved. And Lord, right now, I release faith, I release God, your miracle power on that word in Jesus' name, that it will become truth. God, even next week, Lord, as we gather, that it will be testimonies after testimonies of this scripture becoming manifest in Jesus' name. God, we will see our, um, our loved ones, our spouses, our, our siblings in Jesus' name getting saved, our bosses getting saved in Jesus' name. Lord God, we declare right now, an open heaven. We declare right now your scripture will manifest itself in Jesus' name. It will land and come to life in Jesus' name. Now those who want to 
have their eyes just opened to the Father's lens. Put your hands up right now. <laughs> I tell you, this is the best thing that's happened to me, that was happening to me right now, is the fact that I'm seeing myself as the Father sees me, which means there are no limitations to what I can do with Him. Father, in Jesus' name right now, I just thank you that you are opening eyes spiritual eyes right now to see through your eyes. Give us the lens that you see through, Father. God, we thank you. We thank you right now that we're starting to see ourselves as you see us. God, without limitations, completely redeemed, completely righteous, completely free, with no guilt, with no condemnation. God, what happened yesterday is past. Father, we thank you that you say that we are brand new creations. There is not one person here who has believed in you, God, that is held back by their sins because their sins have been finished. They've been washed away in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare chains are broken. Minds are set free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If anyone here wants to be baptised in love or baptised in the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to come out. It's an invitation. You don't have to. It's just simply an opportunity. It changed my life completely. And I know it will change anyone's that hasn't but wants to. If you want it, want prayer and you just feel a little bit awkward, just let me know afterwards as well. Hang around for a bit and uh, we can do that. But thanks for coming. It's so good to have you guys here. It's so good to be a part of this family. You know, we're all brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the Father. It's so, so good. Keep rubbing our eyes, hey. Keep rubbing your eyes and seeing each other as the Father sees us. It's incredible. We start, you start to see the destiny that God has over the people next to, next to you on, the, on your right and your left. They're all your brothers and sisters. They've all got an incredible destiny on their lives that we can encourage and have, you know, release. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, that your word changes lives. We thank you that your spirit changes lives. We just ask you, God, Help us to transition to becoming new wineskin for the new wine that you're bringing. Help us to walk condemnation-free. Help us to see the awesomeness of stopping for the one and what it's like to live unlimited through your perspective. Jesus, have your way with us. Have your way with our community in Jesus' name. Amen.